0: Regular Dude's Watch
1: Stuff. stuff. It's Showtime!
0: Welcome to Regular Dudes Watch Stuff. I'm your host, Jamie G. Esquire, the fifth. You might also know me as The Butcher of Bonnaro. I'm here with Magna Mills and the soup deucer to talk about what we've been watching recently and to discuss the 1987 awesome film the running man starring none other than arnold schwarzenegger i'm excited to talk anything arnold this this i I was dying to do this movie i'm really fired up here man mills did you actually win stalker of the year or were you just runner up again i actually thought i had it and i really wish
1: we had also done a podcast anything arnold before like i'd gotten into all this because i got into this thing and, you know, I thought I was going to get out, but the judge thought otherwise. So then, you know, maybe me, me, I call my so-called attorney, Mr. Jamie G. Esquire the Fifth himself for some advice. And, uh, well, Jamie G., why don't you tell the audience what you told me?
2: It's time to start running!
1: It's time to start running. Yep. It's time to, to start running. That's, that's what he said. And uh, thanks, man. Uh, it was a wonderful two years in Bangladesh, and I am Mike Mills, and, uh, Here's some advice. Uh, If you have to go on the lam for two years, you need to have something to do and you don't want to do it in Bangladesh. And what you should do is probably have something to watch, something to listen to. Maybe something like regular dudes, watch stuff. Maybe possibly you can find us wherever you get your pods and on YouTube, on social media, at dudes, watch stuff And please. You know, when you're going on the lam, you don't want to forget the money. You don't want to forget the booze and you don't want to forget the flaps follow like and please subscribe that's how other people find our show they find our channel we greatly appreciate it if you had fun give us a thumb what's up with the soup deucer tonight man are you a stalker are you a guest runner
2: i can consider myself a stalker in one of these fucking scenarios man you know i think i'd definitely be better at it you know um so uh we'll get into a little bit more detail on that later but i'll be stalking people you know fucking uh Bringing some PBRs, man, and uh, I'm on your ass, dude. I'm on your ass, dude.
1: The PBR killer would be your serial killer name, so we've established that at least.
0: Before we go to see Killian, we got to fill up the holes, holes in this house. Holes in this house. Holes in this, holes in in this house. What have you guys been filling your holes with since our last episode? Soup, you're up first here.
2: Well, it's been a hot minute, man, so I got, I got a little time to fill uh, a couple of holes, man. First and foremost, I want to say, man, that I have been filling my holes with this show called The Old Man. The show called The Old Man is fucking good, dude. And it's got Jeff Bridges, the dude in there, man. Him and Lifkow, man, and not to mention the rest of the cast, are fucking stellar, dude. This is a good fucking show. It's a little bit slow moving, man, but when it fucking hits, it fucking hits, dude. It is hardcore. Um, The Old Man is a good one. I'm like six episodes deep, like in the middle of the six episodes, I'm almost at the end. I think it only runs seven. There is, however, as far as I know gonna be another season coming up on this, and I'm definitely looking forward to it and seeing how this one ends because uh it fucking took me by surprise, but it was a good one. Grabbed me right by the fucking short curlies and got my attention, dude, you know. Um shout out dude and I love that he's still fucking making some cool shit.
1: And uh Ali a from uh arrested development, maybe.
2: Yeah, Ooh, yeah, uh, that one and
1: search, and, search and search party. And search party, child search party too.
2: Who also plays a fucking great role. You're right, man. Yeah, maybe great in this fucking one, man. Yeah, yeah. Good all around, man. Definitely give it a look if you got the time to do it. They're our they're you know, hour give or take, take episodes. A little bit on the longer side, but uh but and you know, like I said, a little bit slow moving, but very fucking cool. When's the last time you guys saw fucking short circuit, dude? 95 Gutenberg joy man from back in the day good fucking one to fucking me don't disassemble dude you know so yeah nice one to catch on like a day off a rainy day or something like that you know not feeling so good laying in bed watching something yeah fucking short circuit dude
1: (laughs) and shout out short circuit too featuring featuring uh i believe fisher stevens who is uh, your boy hugo from succession two degrees of succession right there baby
2: uh, there you go.
0: Way to link that together
1: on the quick, dude.
2: Right on. <laughs> uh, that brings us to. Uh, well, Mills, I think you're up next.
1: You're filling your holes, Smith. Yeah, I did. I followed you up. I think you did this uh, a bit ago, but I finally uh, got through season six of Rick and Morty. I'd say it was at least like consistently good, like a higher floor than season five, but it didn't quite hit the highs of season five. Like I'd say, there's probably two maybe three episodes in season five that are better than anything in season six but there's also probably like three episodes worse than anything in season six and season five so you know maybe a little bit more consistent just you know without the sugar highs That we'll see how they do when they have to kind of rejigger things a little bit going into season seven with the departure of justin roiland i've also seen the first three episodes of season five the new season of what we do in the shadows and they came out of the gate hot I'm very excited, and I really think that they've now finally figured out how to, like, properly pace these season-long arcs, which is what they've struggled with. A lot of their best episodes are kind of the bottle episodes that don't deal with kind of the overarching plots as much, and I think this season they finally figured it out. I've also seen the first two episodes of the Justified limited series, City Primeval, very, very good. Obviously, Timothy Oliphant is awesome. He's right up there in the Walton Goggins category of I will watch everything he's in at this point. He always just slays it, you know, because it is a revival with only him. None of the other supporting characters from the previous series, at least at this point, I do miss them. But I think they did a good job. They just had to set up a lot of shit. And uh, Boyd Holbrook is kind of the big bad here. He's been in a bunch of things. Most notably, he was kind of the uh, the big bad in the, the Logan movie, the final Wolverine movie. And I really enjoyed him in that. On the other hand, he was the lead in the, the Predator movie, the one with like Olivia Munn, before they kind of went back to the prequel with Prey. And I did not like him in that. But I think he was uh, really good here. And finally, just shout out to Tommy Sunny in Philadelphia season 16 finished on an absolute heater and you should watch it and then hear about it on the night podcast jamie g
0: i second that emotion guys for me i'm still hammering out banshee i'm just about done with season two i'm it's really growing on me i thought season one was good season two's a, another level the story has so many kind of just just side things that that interact where it's like wow there's a lot of really good plot twists going on here a lot of good storylines they're all kind of coming together and it's a and it's a pretty sick-ass love story at its core so um really really digging banshee that's been a lot of fun i did start um the new season of the witcher uh only one or two episodes deep but so far so good digging that really excited to finish that um as always hitting up online poker and cooking videos it's always fun to do in my past time but i gotta give a major shout out to fill in my ear holes and eye holes uh with fish summer tour they've been absolutely shredding uh i mean just show after show after show are just heaters after heater after heater it's been fantastic the light rig's outstanding and they're just firing on all cylinders so get out there and see them if you can uh and, and go hit up that live fish app and and listen, re-listen to because these things are killer next up is the hype train anybody super hyped for something that's coming up soon i
1: have to say i'm really excited for the upcoming season of futurama it's technically season 11 this is a show that has been kind of killed three times yeah, the early reviews are just like it's good it's just you know more of what it is they don't reinvent the wheel I'm perfectly fine with that. By the time you watch this, it will have already dropped. but uh, really looking forward to that. I rewatched the series a couple of months ago in anticipation of this coming
0: out. Excited for it. Uh, what are y'all excited about? What would you hype for? man, for me, i've got I've got two things here. one, season fourteen, the final season of Archer. I think that's coming out in August, end of August, really pumped about that. And then training camp for the NFL. We've got great shit coming up soon where there's going to be storyline stuff to talk about every day i won't have to go to the ocean just to boot the dolphins anymore this will be fantastic excited about training camp nice to hear that you're excited to watch the jets on hard knocks dude uh secret jets fan jamie g
1: soup do sir what do you hope for cold
2: uh yeah i mean you know up until uh up until season really you know i mean a lot of it's on the horizon so i'm not really you know uh grasping onto it too much yet. Yeah. I'm that's what she be said and whatnot coming up and all that shit. But uh but up until that man, you know, I'm really kind of focusing mostly right now, uh that all the all the shows I'm interested in are kind of over or whatever. Uh yeah, fish tour, man. You know, going back to fish. You know, the rest of this uh tour, I'm I'm curious to see what they do. I've been checking them out on the uh on the on the couch tour and on the apps being then I can't beat any more of the shows. But I was at a couple of the shows last week and uh i would almost like to recap that just a little bit here and uh you know give a little bit of experience man from out there on the road you know um sucks i don't really have a whole lot of footage because it's hard to obtain that kind of shit while you're in the midst of it but uh i mean it it was fucking awesome dude it's fish i mean that's not really a better show you can see if that's your thing you know but uh yeah i mean i haven't seen him in a long time i've seen him a lot and then i hadn't seen him for for like a good amount of time a decade plus or whatever so it was really nice to get back on, uh, back into that vibe and, and get back into that scene and everything else, man. And it had to be on the show, dude. And they didn't disappoint, you know. Uh, the first night, it wasn't like, you know, one of the better shows or whatever. It was a good, solid show. But, you know, it wasn't a fucking heater. Night two was a fucking heater, man. The situation that happened there um to fill us all in It's uh it's, we got we got through a fucking sick ass fucking first set dude and they really fucking were just they were on fire dude and, like everybody was on one all four were just firing on all cylinders and shit yeah, they were they were good to fucking go dude and they were and they were showing it man they were whipping it out for wilmington that night man and then it started to rain during the set break a bit like kind of heavy or whatever and like whatever with the rain nobody really cares Rain, I get wet and the rain shows rain show can be a thing sometimes man but uh, you know, so that went up. They come back on for two and shit, and uh, you know, and it starts boy, and then they come out fucking swinging, dude. Like opened up with a fucking zinger of a tune and everything else, man. Got you right in, it, grabbed you right, fucking quick. Got you right into it, man. two, is fucking happening, dude. You know, three songs in, and at this point, it's the rain's coming back again already, and now it's starting to rain pretty fucking hard. So by the end of like that third song, it's going into the fourth song. The, the 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 rain was so heavy and then the lightning started happening man it was lightning and uh you know the band didn't want to leave the lightning was fucking striking everywhere the rain was coming down hard they had to fucking they made them fucking stop they didn't want to stop they made them fucking stop so we got shorted out about an hour give or take of show as and the and the final run of the show or you know the tail end of the show which is a real fucking huge letdown when you're just fucking and everything so it it turned out to be an experience but you know in some regards great yeah but you know that happened too so i mean that kind of sucks but what do you can do you know this is another reason why i hate fucking weather you know i fucking hate weather man but all this being said dude i do have a fish list for you man a fish list for you so if you can fucking figure out the difference between the real fish list and the fake fish list i'll give you one of my sponges man
1: what the hell i have a 50 50 chance right so we each have yeah, four sponges now at the end someone will have five Someone will have three it's not quite a highlander it's a so little early. i can, live, I can fun, live with that I'm dude you gotta, you gotta make moves dude i'm trying to max out here oh, i well, obviously we'll have down. to give a sponge to this probably so i need to invest in sponges dude it's not like the orange crop this isn't trading places
2: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. no doubt man all right well if you're down for this man let's say uh Let's say we start out set one here. We're going to start out set one here. We're going to come in with a fucking nice Cars, Trucks, Cars, Trucks, Buses, man. Nice instrumental to easy in, man. Cruise into a camel walk, man. Funky camel walk, man. Bring that bitch right into a funky bitch. Step it up a little bit. Get a little funky bitch in there. And then fucking level it out with some Mexican cousin, man. Because tequila is where it starts and where it ends, man. Little Mexican cousin, dude. We do dinner in a movie, man. Mexican cousin right into dinner in a movie, man. Followed by ass handed because every once in a while you get your ass handed to you. So ass handed comes next, man. We're gonna fucking wrap that up and cruise into a little bit of rock and roll, man. Velvet Underground cover, rock and roll, man. That's gonna go right into it. Julius, Julius is gonna go right into the squirming coil to finish out the stat, dude. Finish it out with the coil. Now. Go to set two. Set two is going to start out with Floyd the chimpanzee. We're going to bring it in hard here, man, with a solid wood chimpanzee, man. Because in the cool shade of a banana tree, you never know, man. And so we start out there. That's going to fucking truth right into subtle sounds. Subtle sounds is a shorter, fucking sweeter one, man. Not a full length guy. It's a shorter, sweeter one. But it gets you ready for the next one that they go into gradually and melodically with a velvet sky and velvet sky is gonna carry on for about fucking 18 to 20 minutes here, man. And it's gonna build, it's gonna build the set into a transition into Mercy on Mars, man. Once you get into Mercy on Mars, the slugger is gonna start really hopping, dude. Cause that's a song that fucking gives you a lot of fucking harmonics and shit at the beginning, and it has layers, man. And once it layers up into the fucking end, it's a fucking zinger, dude. Now you're boogieing hard. You're boogieing hard. So hard, it's going to cruise right into a blink lot. And if you get a blink lot, dude, you're straight bogeying the whole fucking time, man. After a blink a lot, it's going to cruise right into fucking drift into dreams. Drift into dreams, a nice, bright in the middle guy, kind of letting you know that you're off to the end of the fucking thing. But as it fucking cruises out, man, fades right into magnet. You fade into magnet, dude, you're looking at at least fucking 15 minute fucking erasure, dude. And that's how they're going to end that set, dude. second set ends with that magnet. And then Encore comes in. Encore comes in with a cross-eyed. Boom, they do cross-eyed. And then they're going to cap it all off with a fucking cover. Because you know they love busting out the covers. And they're going to cover healthy skeletons. And that's the end of the set, too.
1: All right, dude. I really appreciate the effort. But the problem is that uh, I understood the reference. Like Floyd the Chimpanzee, that's from Fee. I know that is. And I'm assuming Velvet Sky is supposed to be waiting in the Velvet Sea. I know both of those. One because of you, one not because so. Number two is fake. Number one is real. And I now have five sponges
0: and you have three sponges. Guys, we're going to really start running here. Even though we discussed Last Action Hero starring Arnold Schwarzenegger last time, Magna Mills doubled down pretty hard on Arnold with The Running Man. We've established that we're all pretty big Arnold Schwarzenegger fans, especially the stuff from the 80s and 90s. So it's not a huge surprise uh, that we decided to check this one out. I mean, I, it's the running man, dude. I mean, that's if, if that's not dangling a carrot, I don't know what is. Mills, even though it was a repitch week, you had other Arnold options. Why is it that you decided to go with running man? Did you just know that I couldn't say no to it? yeah because i
1: had a feeling you would probably be lukewarm on commando and honestly i do think this is probably one of the better written arnold movies you know obviously having you know it based on source material from stephen king and i think some of the technology and, and the look a little bit may have aged poorly but the kind of political and cultural commentaries i think really have become like even more on the money as time has going on as we sit here like you know over 35 years since it was filmed. I think this is one of those joints we're talking about with last action hero, where it's got basically the right mix of action and comedy. You know, I think this is one of the first Arnold movies to be a bit self-aware. And in fact, they do bring a couple lines in that they changed after the original filming to do like, you know, I'll be back once it became a catchphrase, that kind of thing. You know, I think that they kind of sprinkle the one-liners and the puns in there. They do it at the right times. They don't overdo it. And I think the supporting cast really stands out, especially Richard Dawson as Killian. Uh, I think he, you know, kills it.
2: It's time to start running!
1: This is The Running Man, directed by Paul Michael Glazer, screenplay by Stephen E. De Souza, based on The Running Man by Stephen King, written as Richard Bachman, his pen name, produced by George Linder, and Tim Zimman. Cinematographer was Thomas Del Ruth, edited by John Wright, Mark Warner, and Edward A. Warshoka. Music by Harold Feltermeyer. Release date, November 13, 1987. Had a budget of $27 million, and it made $38.1 million at the United States box office. It has a running time of 101 minutes, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, Maria Conchita Alonso. Richard Dawson, Yavikoto, Martin J. McIntyre, and Jesse Ventura. The short plot synopsis is, in a dystopian America, a falsely convicted policeman gets a shot at freedom when he must forcibly participate in a TV game show Or convicts who are runners must battle killers for their freedom.
2: You I'll tell you what, right now, man, we're going to be talking about everything and anything involving the fucking running man. Various Arnold movies, probably, and uh, possibly anything Bachman or Stephen King. So uh, you've been warned, man. is your fucking spoiler alert. Carry on.
0: Well, this is a flick that we've all seen a bunch of times. So we obviously enjoy it a lot. But let me ask you this. Does The Running Man hit differently now than it did, say, 10, 20, or even 30, 35 years ago when it came out? Yeah, you know, that's who
1: brings up the old man. Now you're trying to, like, say, 30 years ago. Like, what are you implying here, dude? Uh, No one's old here, man. I've been uh, 25 since I was 15, as far as I'm concerned. And and seriously, I was probably, like I don't know, 12, 13, first time I saw this. And I think I really, I like the action and the one-liners were kind of what got me. You know, it was Arnold, like, he was just so charming and everything. I loved all that. Like, remember him just, like, a because I said, please, when he lifts the joint or whatever. It, 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 he's just so cool, right? Arnold was just so cool. It looked cool. And then I kind of, you know, did the sports thing and, you know, chasing girls through college. He hadn't really seen Running Man watch it again. And I think I had more of an appreciation about how the movie was written. And especially I loved Richard Dawson as Damon Killian because at some point I, had, you know, watched old Family Feud episodes between uh, then and that point. And then when I watch it now, like again, you said, man, 30 years or so after I first watched it, I really think some of the commentary is like really very prescient. It's right on point. And the score is also awesome in some of the performances. I really appreciate it, especially the Stalkers. And, you know, shout out to Jesse Ventura as Captain Freedom. Dude goes for it in a leotard or whatever it is when he does the workout. I I, I should have given more props to Jesse Ventura as an actor, dude. That's actually just awesome, I think. Uh, JBG, how about yourself, man? How does the running man kind of hit differently
0: now as opposed to, you know, when you saw it when you were one of the two youths? Yeah man when I, when I was when I was a little guy when it came out and saw it I remember really liking it just from pure action and the concept right the concept was so cool imagine if that was capital punishment basically right and so I really enjoyed that and I thought that it was put together really cool it was kind of futuristic for the time I know looking back now you're like yeah that doesn't look like good technology but in the late 80s it was and so I think that was pretty cool now when I watch it though it is it is way better than it was then, and I, I will talk about this more. But this this is a movie that I think absolutely needs a reboot with modern technology. Um, this could be so 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 good. And just the way the world is now in terms of control and and what the media you know the storylines and all this different stuff right that that gets out there um, for what you want you know what what people want you to hear and and see. Uh, so I thought this was really cool. I really like it. And uh, I enjoy it more now than I did when it first came out.
2: Yeah, dude, I gotta totally say, man, this this movie, I fucking, <laughs> I loved it when I was younger, man, and, uh, you know, giving it a rewatch after a while, and I'd seen it probably, I wouldn't say like a decade ago, but like a few years ago, whatever, it popped up or whatever, so I checked it out, you know, so it hasn't been that long since I had seen the motherfucker, but... Uh, on the rewatch, it was it was cool, man, but it'll always be nostalgic to me as one of those movies I really like as a as a little soup, you know, a little cup of soup. And uh, you know, I mean it, it's a Stephen King Richard Bachman story, which uh I mean, I any mean, of his shit is always fucking awesome. Um lots of to talk about here, man. And uh and let's get into it.
0: Definitely, man. Well, it was a bit of a transitional film for Arnold. He was coming off Commando, Raw Deal, and Predator. Where in those movies, he played very similar characters. But after this, after Running Man, his next four films are Red Heat, Twins, Total Recall, and then Kindergarten Cop. So Running Man was really the beginning of Arnold embracing comedy and more complex roles. And I also think more more speaking uh, in those roles. Do you think that The Running Man does a good job of balancing the comedy and the action? The humor here is a bit different than, you know, say, Last Action Hero, right? I mean, it's, you kind of got to pick up on it a little bit. More, I think I it's think.
2: enough, and I think it's like a development of just like the Arnold humor, really. There's not much other humor other than the Arnold humor.
1: Richard Dawson gets a blind, 100% is Killian. Like the Gillian's
0: Island, which is so definitely, definitely different the birds, Yeah. And uh, Mendez gets a couple too. She gets kind of some hysterical type stuff with her too, just kind of playing that character. But
1: And, I mean, Jesse Ventura, again, Captain Freedom is hysterical the whole movie, I think, especially the aerobic thing. and the, the idea, like, it, again, good commentary. Him trying to do the sports commentator thing, which staff's trying to talk about, well, I remember this time. And Killian's like, no, 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 let's come back to, like, the flashy shit, which is exactly how most sports pregame shows have become now. They don't want actually, like, really in-depth analysis. They just want some cursory, surface-level shit so they can kick it back to the cheerleaders and the fans or whatever. As far as the balance goes, you do have to appreciate, right, because it's probably Stephen King of it all, think of another Arnold movie where it doesn't really end with, like, a big showdown or a big climactic fight. Like, the fight with Captain Freedom is fake, and then he, they basically just go and shoot some people, and he shoots Tillian off after the dude, you know, did, like, the... Killings body man's basically like, nah, you gave me shit all movie, man. Talking about steroids and all this bullshit. Like, I'm good. You go for a killing. You defend yourself. So there's no fight. Arnold just like shoots him out the joint and it's over. That's different for an Arnold movie, right? And I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. It made the only in a rerun, the I'll be back. It really tied it all back around, which you know definitely worked for because it again, it's another movie that despite it being based on the Stephen King story, you know, had a, a bit of a chop job as far as different scripts being jammed together
0: the opening section of the movie sets up ben richards as the falsely accused butcher of bakersfield we got to look at the version of of what the future looks like which is not too good unless you're a bookie apparently then you know business is booming we also meet various members of the resistance and we and they set up the plot about the satellite uplink did this opening section do a good job of kind of setting up some of the key pillars of this movie, or, or did they need more here?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a dystopian future. You don't love, like, the long opening, you know, title narration where they just, like, scroll across the screen. Here's what's going on. I t- think Terminator did that a little bit. It's a little bit of an 80s trope. But honestly, I, do, I remember loving the prison sequence when I was a kid when I first saw this. And like they're trying to get the code and they're punching it in. You see the dude run and his head explodes and everything. I think that did a good job of letting you know kind of what movie you were in for. And you would have the opening scene to show you how badass Arnold is. He's carrying like that like a steel beam on his shoulder, right? It almost exactly mirrors a shot from Commando, but it just shows you like, oh shit, like dude Ben Richards is real. And then we also saw the real thing in the helicopter where like, oh, not only is he you know super huge and awesome, he's like really a good dude or whatever. So. I thought it was a good setup, and, you know, I'd never seen, like, heads get blown off of collars before. That was new at the time.
2: It was groundbreaking back in the day, you
1: know? Yeah, dude, how about, uh, I feel like it would be one of your boys, soup, the dude who takes the collar off Arnold at the end, off Ben Richards, dude, Mick Fleetwood. Who? They never say it explicitly, but he talks about them getting rid of his songs. He's named Mick. Uh, it's spelled differently, but, they, you know, the, go, the the real theory is, like, that's actually Mick Fleetwood playing himself. Do you like that?
2: I love that and I don't know that I've been able to like you know totally agree with that, but uh, I love it dude. And I, and I also love that Weezel Zappa is in there, man. You know? Yeah, that's like
1: his henchman basically, like his uh, his uh, you know, number two or what have you.
2: Yeah, number two, He's I number mean, one, yeah, whatever way it works. But yeah, fucking Dweezel, dude, you know, and, uh, and there's the uh Zappa in the fucking movie, man. I don't know where else he's ever been, man, as far as an actor with, uh, you know, credits or movies or shows or whatever. Don't see him a whole lot, though. I do know that much. But in this one, man, and uh, solid role, man. Not a whole lot of fucking words, but a fucking character in it. And there was a reference to, uh, I think it was the name of his character's name was Stevie. So a direct reference to maybe a Stevie Nicks situation there.
0: Yeah, like it a lot. Good call on that, man.
1: Um, and what, uh, just one. One random thing I just want to say—it's an insult. I don't really ever remember hearing when Arnold's kind of like angry talking about what they are. And he says, "All I see are a bunch of low foreheads." I guess that's supposed to be like a crow Magnum, like caveman reference or something. I just—I never. Have you ever heard someone call someone a low forehead before?
2: Nah, man. I <laughs> have to get on I feel Urban like Dictionary. we can work
1: that in there, right? Like that. Yeah. I feel like that's a, a decent one.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's uh, yeah, yeah. I'm down, man. Let's let's actually. Bunch of
0: low foreheads, dude. Bunch of low yeah. foreheads. Yeah, we'll see if we can work that in. It's a uh, bring it back a little bit. It's a new.
2: Bring it back. Research it a little bit. Make sure it's okay. But uh, yeah, bring it back. New insult. Right before yeah, we new... move
1: on, which future would you rather live in? Demolition Man, Escape from New York,
0: The Running Man, Demolition Man. You just have more stuff.
2: Fuck that. Uh, Escape from New York, I think, has a little more freedom, dude. As long you're not in trouble.
1: I'm going to go with Stupa. I'm going to go Escape from New York because at least we know it's still around in Escape from L.A. But then after that, no electricity, which is kind of crucial. I like electricity a lot.
0: Don't we all? Guys, next, Richards finds Amber Mendez living in his brother's apartment. He tries to use her to escape to Hawaii, but she rats him out at the airport and he's captured. He's brought to ICS where we're introduced to Damon Killian and the Running Man. Well, game show, I guess you'd call it. What stood out to you guys in the pregame setup here? Uh, what did we get? What did you like? I mean, did you get a little twins vibe with Arnold in the, in the Hawaiian poker, you know, the shirt going to the airport? Didn't that just feel very twinsy, even though twins hadn't come out yet? Uh, see, this is
1: part of the comedy I love. There were like three short gags. They all worked. Like when she's like, uh...
2: I'm warning you, I get sick. Air sick? Car sick? I'm gonna throw up all over you.
1: Go ahead. Don't show on this shirt. Later in the movie, she's like, I'll be in my big mouth.
2: We should have
0: taken a trip to Hawaii.
1: I had the shirt for it, but you fucked it up. I just love that bit. Like, everything is great here. All the cl- all the shit on the TV. How about climbing for dollars? Where we see people, remember, like climbing the rope in gym class? It's like that, but there's money in... Dobermans, I think? Or, I think they were Dobermans, but, uh... That was
2: I mean, a good I like one. that, dude. I like these weird little fucking games like that, man, which are... Those are definitely cool. Instead, everything went to, like, you know, Survivor, and Naked and Afraid, and all that kind of shit, but, uh, yeah, why not do little fucking climb the rope and have fucking Dobermans and different your fucking heels, dude, you know? Or, uh, let's do Snakes on a Plane or something, you know? Like, whatever the fuck, man. That's
1: good! Yeah, dude, tell me what could be more entertaining than Jesse Ventura drug- doing all this flexing shit in his like superhero leotard joint.
0: Are you ready for pain? Are you ready for suffering? If the answer is yes, then you're ready for Captain Freedom's workout. Yes, it's America's yeah.
1: own. And he takes it so, with the mustache, it's so like homoerotic and just perfect and. You know, it's like a guy like he's like, all right, I'm um he's a retired athlete, right? He's like, I'm gonna do like I'm gonna like I'm gonna approach my new career the same way like I that. approach my sport, right? Like he goes hard at it and it's he went just,
2: hard, dude. He went hard. He I loved every part it, of
1: that, dude.
2: It was classic and it was obviously you know, staged and, and and it was made to be that way, which was what made it fucking funny as fuck the way it was.
0: But yeah, man, I
2: mean I don't know, dude, you know, I'm still, I'm still, my head's still in this whole fucking, like, maybe it was Ninja Warrior, but instead they had, like, you know, crocodiles in the fucking moat, or whatever, you know, like, make the shit real deal, fucking hardcore.
1: I feel like I've seen that, was that in Stay Tuned or something, like, where someone had to run over crocodiles or something? I feel like that's been in a previous one or something like that. In one thing, you you know, what would fucking drive me crazy, the worst part about this future, when uh, Ben Richards goes to get into the apartment, Usually there's a keypad and, you know, it's a one through nine or whatever is one zero, you know, one zero nine. The keypad has 10, 11 and 12 on it. I just wish they had done, you know, obviously the combination to the apartment should have been one, two, three, four, five, because that's the combination I use for my luggage.
2: Right. I have the same combination on my luggage, man. That's what I'm saying.
1: And we have to just shout out Richard Dawson is David and Killian. He's like a rock star, right? You see him come in in a limo and people
0: don't—they like the stalkers, but they fucking love Killian. The car, the pinky ring, his whole vibe is. Dude, like when he he's... like the janitor when he walks in. Yeah.
2: Whoa! Oh, sorry. Hey, that's furious. all right. What's, what's your name? Dan. Dan, you're doing good work. Looks beautiful. Don't worry. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Brenda, if that asshole is mopping the floor tomorrow. You'll be mopping it for the rest of the week. Let's go
1: it's such a good job of setting up who he is just Might immediately an yeah. in the first 90 seconds you meet him you know exactly who he is and it's a an interesting villain for arnold right because he's not a big dude he can never fight him he's got this one security guard his body man he just keeps fucking with him the whole movie it's good writing i really think especially for an arnold movie and not that arnold movies are poorly written but there's more depth here again probably comes back to the uh Stephen King thing but Richard Dawson I don't think he did another movie after this so this was a big one for him he was in uh, was it Hogan's Heroes or something like that before the feud so he didn't do a lot of acting post feud so if this was his kind of you know final big role I thought he actually slayed it
0: yeah and the only other thing I'll say here is obviously he steals the show but we do get to meet Amber Mendez a little annoying at first a little kind of like they were trying too hard to go with this like stereotypical um latina type thing but i think it's kind of cool with her is her character you don't know it at the time but it ends up being a really important character and she really grew on me as the movie went on and so i thought that was pretty cool I you don't really love her to begin with but then as the movie goes on you're like oh man she's you're rooting for her you know what i mean yeah of course you
2: know i mean she comes on being the annoying fucking whatever the plot is like yeah, you know, obviously she thinks she's being kidnapped. She wants to be know, whatever. I can get over that. But then she rats him out here, you know, like, you know. So you automatically don't like this person going with that. But then once uh, once it falls into play where she's more involved, then now she's a character that you can have a heart for. You know?
1: I just want to point out, Jamie G, that I thought court-appointed theatrical agent was something you made up until I saw this movie. So my bad, dude. I really thought you were, you were bullshitting me on that. And, you know, Jamie G, if I told you you're the asshole on TV, you'd probably
0: tell me that you were going to say the same thing about me, right? But fuck you. Before we discuss the stalkers in this movie, guys, I want to... I want everybody to to tell the audience here, uh, those tuning in to regular dudes watch stuff. What do you think your stalker name and your theme would be if you were a stalker on the running man? Uh, I'll, I'll participate in this too. Magnum Mills, you're up first. Give me your stalker name and your theme. For me, I, I think, you know, just cause it's Magnum Mills, it would have to be
1: something probably with like a, you know, a, a big old Magnum, some Magnum condoms and a windmill. I'm not sure how you put those things together. Maybe like, you know, you put them in the the, the the big body condom and then you put them on the windmill. You spin them around or whatever. You know, maybe you could be the, the mill man, the magnum mills, uh, the, the master magnum, the master mills. A lot of ways to go with that one. Uh, you know, just for bonus, Jamie G, if I was going to do something for you, I think you would be Dr. Slice. I know you're usually a lawyer, but you like to pretend you're a doctor. So I think maybe I'm thinking like you were a world-class surgeon and you like lost your shit. So you murder a bunch of pe- people in a pizzeria. So then like you get committed, you get put on the running man. You got like a bone saw and a knee cleaver. You're rocking like a stethoscope, a chef's apron. It's covered in red. You can't tell if it's like blood or tomato sauce or whatever, but it doesn't really matter. And uh Soup, I think you would be the Bushmaster. Obviously, Not you'd be yet. sponsored by Bush. <laughs> you'd kind of be like Duffman from The Simpsons, but like deadly. Like you could strangle people with your six-pack rings. Uh, you could crush people with your mighty keg toss. And like when you kill people or finish them off or whatever, you like to pickle their bodies in like a giant bat of just Bush beer. I
2: love
0: that. I love that yeah, man. Love it, man. Love it. Well, for me. Uh, don't get me wrong, uh, Dr. Slice would be amazing. I'm all over that. But I, I actually was going to go with Evil Esquire. Uh, basically, he cites laws and does lawyer talk as he kills you in the same way as the clients he defended murdered their victims. Ooh, that's ironic, too. I like that. I think that's irony not satire. I'm pretty sure. What, what is satire again? We talked
2: about this, right? Soup? You, you know, man, I, I think my fucking stalker name i would i would go for this character i would be hot soup okay man hot soup but hot soup is fucking dangerous what i would do man is i would have all kinds of different variations of hot fucking liquids and whatnot it will burn your ass you, you don't want to get fucked up with three hundred and fifty degree fryer oil or, or any fucking boiling liquid, man. That still will fuck you up, dude. Catch that to fucking eyeballs and fucking there anywhere on your fucking dick and balls. Wherever like. Hot soup, dude. Hot soup will fuck you up, man. I'm carrying lots of hot soup around me.
1: Maybe not the best name. I mean hot soup is simple, but the tagline, he'll burn your ass is the best tagline. I'll give
0: you that. <laughs> it, it really is. It really is. Um. <laughs> wow, a lot you could do there, guys. That was fun. Uh, the first stalker the guys face off against is Sub Zero. This confrontation leads to the infamous Plane Zero line from Arnold. Thoughts on this one? I mean, th- th- this was the uh the uh, he made an appearance in in a Last Action Hero. The same actor. Um, I thought this was fun. You know, Mortal Kombat wasn't a thing yet, so just for everyone out there like this predates mortal Kombat sub-zero so yeah they did it first so you're saying he's the original sub-zero he's the og sub-zero yes
1: yeah and, uh, dude who played him was like originally like a wrestler dude i believe like his name was uh, yes. professor uh, Toru tanaka which is in itself like a cool name and as you pointed out he was like the benedict henchman in last action hero and one of my buddies just loved that line like when uh rich is like hey killian
0: Here is Sub-Zero, now Plane Zero.
1: And again, early great pun, one of the better puns in the movie, when he strangles Sub-Zero with the, the barbed wire, and then he's like, you know I'm talking about? He's like, yeah, he was a real pain
0: in the neck. The lines and the one-liners, that really set the tone, man, where it's like you start to get them. It, it, they start to heat up a little bit. Yeah, and they did a good job of setting up what
1: a lot of shows are now. It's a lot of pomp and circumstance, but with, like, little meat, right? Like, it's all dancing and talking to the audience and everything. Like an NFL game, clock runs for 60 minutes. There's, like, 14 and a half minutes of action in a game. And you see that here, you know, there's all the dancers and the the pomp and circumstance. And all of the the dancers, that big dance number, that was actually choreographed by Paula Abdul. Wow. This is, like, way back when she was, like, one of the the Laker girls or doing the dance choreography for them. So that was pretty cool, like the big stage show and everything, right? Like, I like that, you know, they went big with it. I think they do that same kind of thing on, you know, the, uh, I don't watch reality shows, but I think they go for that thing, like over the top kind of.
2: Yeah, see, dude, I like the concept of it. I don't like the, uh, I don't like the world they're living in. And uh, and uh, it almost contradicts like the whole censorship issue. It's almost like well, we can do it every little while, but you guys can all pluck off that shit, you know?
1: I'm really curious about how a bunch of bookies got the absolute best pieces of real estate in the entire city. (laughs) They have this giant area for their junk, for their betting board. I mean, I'm assuming ICS just owns a piece of it. Taking a scrape.
2: No way that would happen. It would all be online. There would be some dude up there. Like, there wouldn't be cash exchanges happening in front of crowds of people. You know what I mean? I wouldn't think anyway. It would probably be more of an online thing at this point, you know?
1: Yeah, that's the kind of stuff that doesn't hold up as well. I think the social commentary, everything else
0: holds up great. But the technological stuff, like, I don't think they tried that hard, really. Well, the, but the, you could make a point where where we didn't have that technology because we didn't have the same economy that that fostered the ability to have access to all that technology. You know, so so you could kind of make the case that maybe that's... We we went back to a, a more prehistoric way of taking bets. I mean, I, I don't know. I think you like make that I case, but. I'd
2: rather have that. I would feel better about that, honestly. You know?
1: Yeah, well, let's be fucking honest. Like we were jumping ahead of touch, but when they put Richards on the board at 101, they're smoked. That's one of the worst odds making jobs in history. After the performance they seen, how do you put Richards up at 100 to one? That's just it's it's terrible bookmaking.
0: Right That's all I'm gonna say. After they kill Sub Zero and take him out on the ice killian isn't messing around here he sends both buzzsaw and dynamo after the guys who have been joined by amber after she got caught stealing the unedited footage of the bakersfield massacre what do we think about this man was it was it kind of too much should he have sent just one at a time or did you like the fact that he really ramped up because they were so shocked that one of the stalkers got killed
2: i think that's the case dude you know i mean it's- I don't think stalkers have gotten killed uh, much yet, ever before this, so they're like, what do we do, you know? I know it, I know a stalker died. Well, it had to happen sooner or later. Yeah, well, it is a contact sport, right?
1: You know, hard solutions call for hard asses, which also could have been an alternate title for Captain Freedom's uh, aer- aerobic workout joint.
2: Totally.
1: Good. I mean, obviously... I think I like Buzzsaw better. I mean, who do you prefer so far of the Starker of the Stalkers? You got Buzzsaw, you got Dynamo, you got Sub Zero. I don't think we gave him enough credit in that he was a really weird villain and that it was a, a hockey-based villain. You know what I mean? Like he I had to like- be on ice to be effective. It's like Flipper, right? Like Flipper is great as long as you can be in water. So I mean, Buzzsaw was probably the most mobile, but Dynamo was the most interesting, maybe. I mean, what do you kind of think so far as, you know, as far as the stalkers and the fights you know, between them?
2: Come to me, my love. Yeah, Dynamo. Dynamo was definitely not my favorite, man, but I did like what he did there, dude. I did like what he did there. But he's hard to predict. It's hard to fight something like with the electricity like that, unless you have a fucking way. If you have a way to turn that off, then he's fucking helpless, you know? As far as boss goes, I think he's the most like that's probably the dude I would want to fight the least if I had to just like hand to hand fight one of them. You know, Sub Zero definitely very cool, but you're right, limited to the ice, man. But a very cool fucking thing here in my world. I got you kind of shit, man. He did know? like
1: shoot a dude like uh one of the boys like into the hockey net, and then he celebrates a little bit. That was pretty cool. But like, he's a very impractical villain. He's probably the most impractical other than Yeah, and I think that's followed they- by Dynamo. Who no, should have been more effective, considering he can shoot electricity?
2: I think I think Buzzsaw was the most well-rounded. Could probably, you know, he'd be, he'd be the one that'd want to fuck with the least, man. He'd be the he'd be the
0: he was the scariest. Right? Yeah, he seemed by far the scariest and the most serious. I think I will co sign that hundred percent. But but Dynamo Dynamo shtick was kind of cool with the like opera singing and, and the whole um all lit up like that and, and could shoot electricity. I thought he was cool. Um, I think they could have used him a little bit better but I thought he was really cool
1: yeah I mean again great one liners here uh, obviously uh, Richard's calling Dynamo Christmas Tree is really hey Lighthead and then oh, light the, good, he gets a couple versus Buzzsaw where Buzzsaw's like a the saw's part
2: of me, and I'm gonna make it part of you right keep it
1: yeah. and then uh, Amber's like uh, what happened to Buzzsaw and you know uh,
2: he had to split so
1: that's pretty top tier like Arnold one-liners right that's pretty solid it's, it's way, way up there man
2: way up there dude
1: Hey, yeah. shout out William Laughlin you know he doesn't get a lot of great lines but his dying words are don't let us down I don't want to be the only asshole in heaven. I feel you Olaf, and I don't want to be the only asshole in heaven either. Or, you know, wherever. Just, really, it's more fun if your assholes are together.
2: So says the human sanity,
1: but... Yeah, I mean, honestly, can you really beat when Amber says, uh, they think I'm your girlfriend? and Richard says, I can straighten that out. See that camera up there? I'll strangle you in
0: front of the whole audience. Yeah. <laughs> I like that they put her in there, In there, I think it needed something more than just he was trying to save his friends. Uh, you know, I think it was having her there, knowing that she risked it to, to learn the truth about him. I thought that was a cool twist with her character and made her character way more interesting and way better for the movie.
1: Yeah, it was a little yeah. obvious. I mean, how often should you keep your secret footage in a drawer that says Bakersfield Massacre unedited footage? Someone took the time to actually type up the You know, the uh, the file marker or whatever. That's pretty wild. There's just so many fun joints in here. Uh, you know, I love the old lady when she picks Richards. You know, we were talking about with the, the gambling guys putting them on the board. When she picks Ben Richards.
2: Ben Richards. Hold oh, it, hold oh, it. madness. <laughs> Richards is a runner. You've got to pick a stalker. I can pick anyone I choose. And I choose... Ben Richards. Richards. That boy's
1: one mean motherfucker. And uh, never forget
2: Gilligan's Island. Yeah. Yeah, the one with the boat. You're not going to get that with reruns of Gilligan's Island, man. (laughs)
1: And just for fun, like if you actually look in his office, uh, there's a a poster for Hate Boat, which I'm assuming is a parody of Love Boat. And I believe Richard Dawson uh, guessed it on Love Boat
0: at some point. Ah, that's just too good, man. Well, at this point, we're roughly halfway through here. We're at the halfway point, so I think it's a good time to talk about the music of Running Man with a little soup on soundtracks. Soup, this wasn't a soundtrack with a bunch of contemporary tracks, but tell us what we're working with here, man.
2: Honestly, dude, you know, this didn't have a lot of zingers on it, man. This was an 80s fucking instrumental fucking... uh movie, man, which I love that kind of thing, dude. I could take the instrumentals from these movies and make a fucking daily soundtrack out of them sometimes, man, and just get through my day because of it. But, uh yeah, I don't think there's anything that really stood out from here, man. Have you got something different on this?
1: I mean, I think probably you would point out that uh Harold uh, Faltermeyer did the score here. Like, he did uh Beverly Hills Cop and Top Gun, and those are two pretty cool scores. He also did, like, uh, Fletch, Tango and Cash, and actually, one of you might appreciate, cop up the Kevin Smith flick with nice. Bruce Wilson and Tracy Morgan. But he had a real feel, I think, for these kind of eighty cent scores. And you get that here, right? This is like I think almost top tier eighty cent score in it's the the main single.
2: Score, yeah,
1: yeah. And there was one single. It was a Restless Heart by uh, John Parr. The it basically only plays over the credits, but it did make a couple of bucks or whatever. So. That's probably the one you would know. And there's classic stuff too. Like, you know, uh the Valkyries." we did. I
2: like a fucking movie that doesn't have a whole lot of fucking radio hits and singers in it, man. It just has like the movie music itself, does its fucking job and it does a good job at it. And this is one of those, man. You know. Yeah.
1: and shout out to dude who plays a uh, Dynamo. His uh, name was uh Erland Van Linth. And he was actually a real like opera singer in what he does when he does the dynamo thing. It's actually a uh, an aria they call it the counts aria by Mozart. And I believe the pronunciation is Vedro Matrio Sopriso. Shout out to him. He died young. That heart attack was like 34 or something. It was oh, his last book, wow. I believe. And shout
0: out the theme from Gilligan's Island, dude. Pretty classic theme song. We know Arnold is obviously the man, but. He's not, and he never will be the dude. There's only one dude, the dude Areno, and that's the dude. This is Six Degrees of Lebowski, where we connect our featured review to The Big Lebowski in Six Degrees or Less. Mills? Well, Jamie G., I was going to take the long way around the
1: island with Maria Conchita Alonzo via a fine mess, but I, I think there's probably an easier way to go. It might not be as pleasing to you, because this is actually pretty simple. in. The running man, Jim Brown, plays Fireball. He played Spivey, and he got game, where John Turturro played Coach Billy Sunday, and John Turturro is Jesus in the Big Lebowski. So there you go. Two degrees. Easy
0: peasy, lemon squeezy, beasy. Be well done, sir. The final stalker that Richard and Amber's face is Fireball. They eventually defeat him while discovering the corpses of the runners who supposedly had won their freedom on previous episodes of The Running Man. Before we dive in, I just want to say rest in peace Jim Brown. Uh guy was a legend on the football field but also had a lot of success you know acting and, and doing stuff off the field as well. Goddamn good human being.
2: yeah, I second that man. Fireball
0: was cool. I like that they kind of saved him for laugh. There was a little bit of a big buildup and then the kind of the, the final reveal with his you know basically a fire fire starter like a you know a- he had a jetpack. You gave yeah, Jim Brown
1: a jetpack, and he had the cool, like, pre-poly walnuts, wingtips. Like, the yes. look of him was cool. And you got the idea right. Like, he fit the, uh, the 80s trope there, like, almost to retirement. The way he's watching with his wife, you get the idea he doesn't want to be called, right? Like, he's just trying right. to kind of ride it out. Like, they talk about having a contract. That's what I got from him. Like, he was kind of, like, reluctantly going back into action. Obviously, just. Just great charisma and look cool as shit. Probably my favorite looking of the uh, stalkers. I love the line, though, when they find the bodies.
2: Last season's winners.
1: No. Last season's losers. You got the idea that he was easily the most effective, right? I mean, he had a a flamethrower and a jetpack. that beat the shit out of whatever Dynamo could do with this little bullshit. I mean, buzz on a motorcycle and a chainsaw. How much range is that? Sub Zero was only effective on ice. Fireball again, jetpack and flamethrower. That's a lot of range. How can you hide from that? Dude can fly. He he has a flamethrower. That's the most effective sucker.
2: Yeah, that's a good point, dude. Yeah, he has the
1: one weakness, like the the, that's always the weakness, right? They do that lethal weapon four. I think when the dude has like the flamethrower and
0: he's all, you got to pull the gas line. That's the only weakness. Did you did you like the fight scene? I mean, did you think it was pretty cool? I mean. You know was it was it believable plausible that that richard could do that and and win like that i mean he's richards
1: yeah he's richards and he gets obviously the uh you know when he pulls the gas line uh, it's kind of cool actually you get fireball breaking the fourth wall like oh the commercial and richard's like how about the light ah!
0: and then when he blows up he's just what a hothead. What a hothead, man! Classic Arnold
2: line.
0: Guys, before we get into the final act, let's do a little t-shirt time. Uh, it's time for us to all pitch our favorite Running Man t-shirt. Mills, pitch me a Running Man t-shirt that I want to wear out to the club or you know wherever I may go. Maybe maybe I'll maybe I'll wear it into the courtroom. What you know? You you let me know.
1: Uh, I mean, Jamie G, really, if you want to stand out in the club, I think you should just wear Captain Freedom's outfit from his aerobic workout. Not actually a shirt of it, but just actually the outfit. But if it was for me, I would want to go with something like uh, he had to split. And then you see saws like broken, like a uh, like codpiece or whatever, a steel codpiece with the, the saw. I think that would be uh, pretty cool. And if you understood the reference, you would instantly be my friend at the bar. And
0: I would buy you a drink after you bought me two. Uh, Jamie G, you had a t-shirt? You know, I would like to see, like, like Fireball trying to make, like, one last ditch effort. But he, he like, launches the flame. But it's just Richards holding out a cigar and he's lighting it while Richards is, like, I don't know, kissing Mendez or something. Like, I just think that would be a really cool scene where, like, like Fireball's dying. He's on the ground. He's making one last attempt. And he's just lighting inadvertently lighting uh uh richard cigar i think that what a hot head what a hot head you
1: got one suit
2: uh yeah man i like the idea of maybe putting like uh let's put arnold in a fucking uh you know dressed up like a butcher dude in a bloody apron and shit with a fucking meat cleaver in one hand cigar fucking hanging out fucking uh you know the butcher of uh,
1: bakersfield
2: oh for sure and then just under it no worries there's that image of him and under it says bakersfield but well, that's it that's your shirt
1: i like it dude i like that that's hot i mean you know
0: maybe pro butcher but i watched the boys so i could be done with that The butcher well that brings us to the final act guys richards and amber find the resistance base and give them the uplink code they join the Rebels in a raid on ICS where the they air the unedited Bakersfield footage and Richards keep his promise. Uh he keeps his promise to Killian. Thoughts on the final act of the running man? I mean, he he was back. He he came back, right? I mean, I'll be back.
1: I, that's what he has to do, really. I, I do think it's a bit interesting, you know, that there is no final fight that uh Killian kind of banging on his body man, the whole movie pays off when he's like, Yeah. Uh, the world's breaking down. What, whatever money you're paying me isn't worth it anymore. You know, you're on your own in this one. Shout out to uh, Amber. Her best on the flick definitely is when she tells Dynamo.
2: Why aren't you laughing? Because there's nothing funny about a dickless moron with a battery up his ass.
1: And that holds true, even today.
2: That does hold true. Very true. Very true.
1: I mean, what do you think? Did, uh... Did, uh Ben give the audience what they wanted when he shoots Killian out through the the Cadre Cola joint they're not very subtle
0: with the metaphors but it definitely works there it it does and I think they did a good job of kind of showing the audience gently and in kind of throughout the course of the movie starting to turn against Killian I think that was kind of a cool thing at the end they were actually cheering for Richards and against Killian so they all had money on him at that point right right but but it was just cool to see (laughs) that transition though because they start the movie like Killian's like the god, right? And it was neat to see that transition throughout the movie. Yeah, and uh, shout out to Ben, who I believe was actually Arnold Schwarzenegger's like time
1: stand-in or whatever in uh, his final line. Like, when Killian's like, "Well, you can jump in." He's like, "Well, I got to score some steroids." Just a, a nice callback. And shout out this movie for actually kind of predicting the the face replacement technology, right? The way they digitally map it on or whatever that's quite common now and the only other thing I guess I'd mention is that uh Dolph Lundgren and Christopher Reeve and Patrick Swayze and Don Johnson were all kind of in the lead for Ben Richards. Is there any way this movie's any better with any of them?
2: No.
0: Someone else could have did it and it would have been really cool but you wouldn't have had those one-liners you wouldn't have had that Arnold humor that I think it just worked so well now I'm a huge advocate of having this movie rebooted and made again and so obviously I don't think it would be Arnold I think it would be somebody else but I don't think they would have made it any better man I just I don't think they could have topped it could it have still been good yes but it needed Arnold in my humble opinion Jamie J. Esquire
2: and I think I think you're totally right on that because that's what we know it as man now, if it had never been Arnold and it was, you know, fucking Don Johnson or fucking Mickey Rourke or whatever the fuck, you know, then it would be, uh, you know, that's what we would know it as, you know. So, do you throw that aspect, hey, man, what if uh, Lethal Weapon was fucking Arnold? You know, you never know, fucking know. So, it's one of those, man. But, uh, yeah, it could have been. But, no, from what I know, it, it, it might have been cool if somebody else. But I know it with Arnold, and there's no way you can replicate Arnold shit when you're doing an Arnold movie. So it's got the Arnold shit in it; and it's an Arnold fucking movie,
1: man. Yeah, Arnold makes the movie. Like that's, I think, kind of the deal. I suppose there's a certain amount of interest. Like Christopher Reeve, if he'd done it, like originally in like Total Recall, like Kill- or like Quaid was supposed to be like a, a mild-mannered accountant because it wasn't written for Arnold. Then they changed it. Kind of a similar thing here maybe I'd have a a touch of interest in Patrick Swayze. He definitely had that charisma or whatever, but yeah, I mean, I think that's fine really. You know, it was supposed to be more of a kind of like a dark movie where a dude went on the running man to like feed his family. And then it became this when Arnold came in, but you know, I think it worked overall and it probably did provide better commentary on both like reality television and a little bit of the, you know, the justice system and the way money plays into it and that kind of thing.
2: Yeah, absolutely, dude. This movie wasn't written to be an Arnold movie. It was a Bachman book, man, you know. So the fact that Arnold gave it that other element, too. And I think it was a perfect fucking mix, man. You know, I don't know that you could take any other fucking, you know, you're not going to put Arnold in fucking, uh, you know, needful things, I wouldn't think, you know, but this movie fucking works, man. So.
1: Jamie, you you kind of mentioned it before that you might have some interest in in seeing like a reboot
0: or something like that. Uh, Any movement on that front? Well, actually, there is. In early 2021, Paramount Pictures announced that they'll be making a new The Running Man movie. Now, this is supposed to be a more faithful adaptation of the novel. Edgar Wright is is lined up to direct and advise on the screenplay, uh, which will be done by Michael Pacall. Any interest in seeing a different version of The Running Man?
1: I think maybe, like a non-Arnold version, you know, that maybe more of a, you know, leads into the social commentary and not as maybe action-oriented, maybe a little bit more of a thriller or something like that. I think there's ways you could go with it. Like, you know, like Sue said before, this was, you know, originally Richard Bachman's story wasn't intended to be an Arnold story, so I I suppose at least there's some interest I might have in seeing a non-Arnold version of it, because I don't think Arnold makes this movie. He makes this version of the movie, but I don't think the story needs Arnold to be the story I might be interested in seeing.
2: So people, yeah, we pulled this movie out of the early eighties, whatever the fuck, man, and put it into now. Who would we put in this movie? You know, what kind of movie do we want to see now? Like, I would want to see an exact replica of the novel at this point. You know, I think that could be done. I don't think we need to turn it into an Arnold movie. Although doing that back in the fucking eighties was brilliant. But do I want to see another Arnold movie, Running Man? No, man. I want to see a fucking adaptation of the fucking original Running Man. That's what I'm looking for, man.
1: I think there's a lot of good options out there at uh, this day and age. Give me Anthony Corrigan, who played Noho Hank and Barry. Uh, I think he'd be a fun on one if we were going on more Everyman. Uh, give me Jeremy Strong if we're doing Succession. Like, just throwing HBO dudes into this thing. I think there's a lot of good everymen. And uh, how about not give me, how Glenn Howerton or Charlie Day. Either of those two I think would be really interesting kind of casting against type. Glenn Howerton would be a lot of fun.
2: I'd like it to be a little bit more scary, like it should be almost, you know. Because when you're in, overall, not so much. When you're in the middle of this shit, dude, you're in a manhunt situation, man. This should be pretty fucking high intensity and scary, you know. So I'd like to see more of that in the mix of the movie, you know, maybe not so much as a whole, but in the mix of the movie when it needs it. I
1: like that. I think that's fair. So you think you're sponge worthy?
2: Yes, I think I'm sponge worthy. I think I'm very sponge worthy. You know, you're nuts with these sponges.
0: Run down your case for me again.
2: She said I wasn't sponge worthy. Wouldn't
0: waste a sponge on me. Well, I want to point out that there's been some recent disruption in the supply of sponges. So we can't just give these things out to any freak off the street, if you know what I mean. Soup, is the running man sponge worthy for you? With three sponges to spare.
2: I know, man. This is where it's really tough for me because I only got three sponges right now. But it's the running man, dude. Is it sponge worthy? Would I fuck the running man without with the sponge? I mean, uh, damn it. Yes, I'm a normal day, but since I only have the three, yes, I'm still giving it a sponge. Still giving the running man a sponge. It is that good to one, man. I'm down for it. Sponge worthy. Wasting a sponge. Down to two. I'm sponging the fuck out of running man, dude.
0: That leaves your boy Jamie G. Esquire the fifth. I have six sponges. And while that's not exactly a plethora of sponges, it is a few more than soup did. I have to give this Spongeworthy. I really enjoyed it. I am going to be more particular about who I choose to give my sponge to going forward, but Running Man was just that much fun for me Rewatching this thing. I've got to get it. it second favorite Arnold movie of all time. So I got to give it to Running Man. Yes, it's Spongeworthy. All right, Mills. It's up to you here, buddy. You sparing one of your sponge for uh, for the pick here? You got, you got five sponges. Can you give one to your boy?
2: Arnold in running man. Fucking A, right? I can.
0: That is an affirmative
2: yes. Now
0: that we've settled the sponge worthiness, it's time to give a grade to the running man. We're grading this on a scale of one to 10 stalkers. Mills, just how high are you on running man? I'm
1: how high, dude? I mean, how high? I mean, how so high I could kiss the sky. Give me some crazy 88s, baby. 8.8 8
0: stalkers. Jamie G. I love it, man. I, I'm right there with you. I'm gonna give it a solid 9.0. To me, it's a great movie. For what it is, it's it's worthy of cracking that nine. Uh not nine nine stalkers for me. Soup deuce.
2: Fuck, dude. It's right there, too, man. I'm giving it uh I yeah, I'm gonna have to go and I mean I like the crazy 88s. So I'm sticking with it. 8.8 8 stalkers, man
0: love it we're trying to get to a movie you better get going
1: you don't want to miss one second of that movie is it that good (laughs) it's the best goddamn movie i've ever seen in my life
0: oh dude hangs dumb it's time to decide what we're going to talk about next time on Regular Dudes Watch Stuff. We've made a slight change in the way we do things here. So people like the wheel. Apparently, that's that's been a big thing. You guys love the wheel. So we're going to incorporate that on a regular basis going forward. We're going to spin the wheel to narrow our options down to a certain category. Then we all pitch something that fits into that category. And we'll vote for the winner. You cannot vote for your own pitch, and if we have to have the three-way tie, yes, we will spin yet another wheel, which may or may not be in the sky. After we spin the wheel, Mills, you're up first here, then myself, followed by the Soup Deuce as our anchorman. Go ahead, baby. Spin that wheel.
1: So, we have to pitch anything Bruce Willis was in, movie or episode of television. That's it. It's the G. Wildcard. We're doing a Bruce Willis thing.
2: Wow, it's a big library, dude.
1: Uh, I'm very happy with this one because it is an extensive
0: library. JBG, you excited to pitch something for Bruce Willis? I am so pumped that Bruce Willis won. This is, I mean, you really can go anywhere with this. He's got so many good ones. My only concern is it could be paralysis by analysis.
1: Mills, you're up first. Jamie G., you made it a Bruce Willis Fest, and I want to have fun with one. So give me 12 Monkeys directed by Terry Gilliam. Co-starring Brad Pitt, Madeline Stowe. This is a fantastic movie. It's well written. It's one of my favorite Bruce Willis performances. It's a very cool flick to talk about. It's a bit open ended. It is awesome. I'm pitching not one, not two, not three, not four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, but twelve
0: monkeys. Jamie Ooh, man, that's really good, dude. Wow. Okay. Um, well, I, I'm I'm I was oh man, I'm just, I'm in between a rock and a hard place here, but I'm going to listen to my heart. Uh, and I'm going to listen to my heart. And I'm going with the last Boy Scout. I mean, how could I not? We got Bruce Willis. We got Damon Wayne's, We got a football themed movie. This thing is awesome. Bruce Willis at his best. Hilarious, grimy, a low life, but yet makes it cool at the same time. This is just great one-liners. I think it'll be fun to talk about. It'll get us fired up about football season, uh, which is right around the corner. I'm, I'm going last Boy Scout. All right, Soup. How big are, the, are you going to bring out the guns of Navarone, or what are you doing here?
2: I don't know. I'm going to bust out the guns of Navarone, but I am going to say, man, I'm going to steer clear of the of the. is Bruce Willis, and I'm drunk and hungover, fucking doing an action play movie, which he's great at those, man. And I love like the Blast Boy Scout and the diehards and everything where he's that guy and all that, man. But uh, you know, uh I'm going a little bit different. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna steer clear of a Bruce Willis lead here because there's just too much to choose from, man. I'm just gonna go with a movie that he's been in, and it's a movie I've been wanting to talk about for a long time anyway. So I'm fucking launching four rooms, dude. So yeah, four rooms it is, man. He is in the fourth room and uh This is a movie that's kind of odd because he didn't even take credit for being in it. He just kind of did it as a favor to uh, his buddy Quentin Tarantino there, man. So uh, a good movie overall. Not a Bruce Willis fucking flick, but he is in the flick. And it is, uh, you know, involving Tarantino, Robert Rodriguez, a lot of other awesome supporting cast. Great fucking movie. We'll have a lot of fun talking about it. Uh, A lot of layers to this one, man. You know, I love the layers. So Four Rooms is my favorite.
0: Some would say there's four layers. Mills, please recap the nominees and tell us what order we'll be voting in. All right. The Sue pitched four rooms, which we've not
1: explicitly talked about, but we did mention on, I believe, the uh, Joe Blow Football Show New Year's Eve episode last season. Check that out on the YouTube channel. Jamie G pitched the last Boy Scout, also co starring Damon Waynes, solid Chain, Black, 1990s action flick. And I pitched the Harry Gilliam directed time traveling mindfuck 12 monkeys with Bruce Willis and Brad Pitt. And we vote in the reverse of the order in which we nominated. So the super producer will vote first, followed by JBG. And then finally myself. And I could potentially be the decider.
2: This is a fucking tough one, man, because uh, you know, it was hard for me to pick a movie to pitch out of the Bruce Willis category here, man. Uh, i'm gonna go with 12 monkeys man it's a deeper one i think it's going to be more uh more fucking complex for us to talk about i think last boy scout kind of fits our scheme a little better but i'm gonna go off the grid here and go and, and, and vote for the uh the fucking 12 monkeys man
0: magnum mills i'm up next you thought you were gonna be the decider but you're not I am because I'm also going to vote for 12 Monkeys. I remember watching this one a long time ago when it first came out and I like fell asleep. Like I didn't really give it a solid watch. So this will almost be new for me. Um, I don't really remember it. So I'm, I'm kind of excited about it. So I'm, I'm going 12 Monkeys as well. I am super excited about this. This is awesome.
1: And I'm just going to say for the record, Soup, when you were pinching, when you were pitching in my head, I didn't think four rooms. I'd like that. What I my, what I said in my head was if he pitches the fifth element, I'll vote for it. You have not pitched the fifth oh, yeah. element, so I'm going to go with the last Boy Scout. I definitely like four rooms. Would love to talk about it at some point, but I think because there's so many people in that, it could be under like it could be in play in a bunch of different ways. So I want to keep that in the field. So I would have gone last Boy Scout. Excuse me. I would have gone. Yeah, I would have gone last Boy Scout either way, unless you pitched the fifth element, which we should come
0: back around to. Fifth element um, is also I was
2: really close so. i would
0: love to do fifth element it's on the list would love to do it well that's it man thanks for watching and listening uh please let us know if you've got something that you want us to check out we'll check it out right here on regular dudes watch stuff we can all be regular dudes watching stuff together please remember the flaps if you do anything you must follow you must like and please subscribe it's in an- Killer acronym. We're gonna say it all the time just because it is that awesome. And we appreciate you guys checking out regular dudes watch stuff. Magna Mills, anything else for the crew? Uh, I mean, you want to do the stuff, like remember
1: to find us wherever you get your pods and on YouTube. Just search for regular dudes watch stuff or even dudes watch stuff because we're on social media at dudes watch stuff. And please remember to watch where you walk. Remember to replace the trash bag after you throw the trash out. And remember the flaps. Follow, like, and please subscribe. That's how people find our show. That's how they find our channel. We greatly appreciate it. It's all we ask. Please and thank you. If you had fun, give us that thumb. I am Magnum Millis. That's Jamie G. That's Soup Ducer. We did the goddamn thing, and we're going to be back next time to cover one of my favorites, 12 Monkeys. If you haven't seen this one, it's great. You're gonna love it. Make sure you come back.
0: See you next week.
1: We Peace did. We yeah. did
0: it. <laughs> well, that hit the spot.